Okay, tell me again about your boyfriend from a long time ago. He had a mom who didn't stay in the same bed as the dad. Well, I mean, Sometimes. I'm not trying to tell tales out of school. Um, yeah, well, we are out of school right now, so. Yeah. I don't know. It was just that, like, his mom and his dad were married, and he had a brother, and they lived in a three-bedroom house. And he told me that his bedroom used to be his mom's room, and then another bedroom was his dad's room, and then he shared a bedroom with his brother. At one point, I don't know when that stopped, but I did think it was curious that in a three-bedroom house, two of the bedrooms would be for the parents, and one of the bedrooms would be for the two kids. I remember reading... An article by Ben Stein, uh, who is the dry eyes guy and the guy who said Bueller, Bueller, right. and he's also I'm, like a creationist idiot. I saw, I ran into him one time when I was uh, in college. In oh yeah? yeah, did you make him say Bueller, Bueller? No, I drunkenly accosted him. Oh, what did you say to him? I said some really nonsensical shit. I said, Ben Stein, I was at that party, and. Uh-huh. It didn't make any sense at all because the neuron that was firing in my brain was actually that this guy I knew, like, tangentially, like, I didn't even know him well, one time told me that he was at a party that Ben Stein was at. Okay, so you kind of transposed yourself (laughs) into that admittedly lame story about seeing Ben Stein yeah. at a party and then you were like I was at that party yeah. and Ben Stein classic partier is like who's to know for him <laughs> what party you're talking about because he goes to so many he definitely just ignored me and kept mm-hmm. walking down the street no he's too cool was, for you he's yeah. used to young ladies you know running up to him and yelling at him <laughs> about parties that they were both at <laughs> Uh, Classic baller, Ben Stein. <laughs> I think he was like a celebrity guest at this party. I don't remember the story with the party. Oh, is it one of those things where like you pay, I mean, for Ben Stein, like $5,000, you know, the amount of money you could win from Ben Stein on his show, win Ben Stein's money, and he'll probably show up at your party. I mean, we have been watching Supermarket Sweep mm-hmm. quite a bit, uh-huh. which aired around circa 1991. Uh-huh. And the amount of money people win on that show, if they're lucky, is like $6,000. Yeah, that's if they're really yeah. making the grade, yeah. Which so. they're always like, it, like the way they react to winning $6,000 in 1991 makes me suspect that they have like massive gambling debts <laughs> and are about to br- get their legs broken. Oh, okay. What? <laughs> what? $6,000 is a lot of money in 1992 It's money. like $11,000, <laughs> which is like a fine amount of money. I would be pretty happy. Yeah, I that's a good day's so. work. That's a good day's work. $10,000? Come on, now. Yeah, but it's not like... I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. we're... We work probably adjacent to the entertainment industry in Los Angeles. We decided to come on this show, and we... No, to how to find the this... pate de foie gras and the five hams and the five turkeys. 
There and are sometimes mazola of... oil for some reason. There are a lot of stay-at-home moms and uh, uh, teachers and Macy's and students. Teachers and Macy's and students? Yeah. Oh, my. Well, I was about to say we've gone on a nonsensical tangent um, (laughs) that started with Ben Stein for... I don't remember why. No, it started with... It started with my oh, your... high school boyfriend. Oh yeah, I was going to say family. that I read a thing about Ben uh-huh. Stein where where he wrote that he um, slept in a separate bedroom from his wife, and I figured it was probably because um, he sucks and she sucks and they hate each other. I uh, mean, and, but they're staying together for dumb like conservative reasons. I don't want to throw that much shade because whatever makes your marriage work and whatever, you know, people can have all kinds of fulfilling relationships that look all kinds of different ways, mm-hmm. right? Um, I just thought it was curious mm-hmm. at the time. Well, what? why did he get his own room later? Is it because the dad moved out or is it because they the dad no, moved the in with the mom? the dad and the mom moved into a room together. Maybe they weren't good at fucking. Uh, originally and it was causing strain in the relationship but then they God. learned how to do it together i don't want to think about that at all okay um why uh, if you had uh, i known the boyfriend it, i don't want to speak ill of the dead but oh, if you okay. had seen this man oh, okay. you would not want to think about him fucking either okay I can. I know lots of guys I don't want to think about fucking, so yeah. I'll just imagine one of them yeah. and, and totally get it. Yeah. So, cool. Um, we read two chapters of Dune today, mm-hmm. and there were no sand snorks, which is great because we were just talking about how much you hate sand snorks. I hate sand snorks. And it's understandable. Um, <laughs> and the first chapter was a Gurney Howlick chapter. Right. And the second chapter was a Pollocka chapter. A Pollocka chapter. And I'd say one that had a, a special guest star. There was a lot going on in that chapter. Okay, well, why don't you start us off with the uh, Gurney chapter? Uh, the Gurney chapter, I just, like, wasn't totally grasping other than, I don't know, like, the somebody, oh, the spice smuggler. Mm-hmm. Basically was like, yo, Gurney, get your men and, like, ally with me. And that spy smuggler was the son of the dead spy smuggler who had been killed by the Harkonnens in the Harkonnen invasion. It was the Tuit guy that we met in the chapter that was the dinner party chapter. Remember the dinner party chapter? Yeah. Yeah. He liked that one. That yeah. That was a fun one. Yeah. So that guy, who was always kind of looking over to kinds you know for what to do he was uh-huh. he was he was in that chapter sure you remember no, him it's not you know i'm down with everybody who's in the chapter and whatever i just this is kind I of i didn't a, really understand what i was supposed to i think we were supposed to maybe this is it was a short boy it was a short chapter yeah. only about four pages and i yeah. think maybe the main gist of that chapter that we're supposed to get from it is Hey, Gurney's alive, and he's with the smugglers now. Okay, got it. Do you f- and the smugglers also believe Paul and Jessica is dead. Yes, because they the Harkonnens believe it. The Duke is dead, and they're like, yes. we've seen the body. They've seen the Duke body. Yeah. Um, cold, hot Duke bod. 
And then Gurney's like, I, uh, I, one I only have seventy four men or whatever, mm-hmm. and then he loses another one. But before he loses it, a, one of his remaining men brings him his ballast set, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Flubel's dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, please go." He he wants to go hear his favorite song. The woman song. Yeah, the my woman song. And how's that go? Yeah, that was beautiful rendition. Yeah, it was about that short because the guy died and he closed his eyes. Yeah, right as Gurney goes in the world, the yeah. guy he sees that the guy's died and he closes Which is his. Such a soothing. He puts his he puts his fingers over the guy's eyes and goes in the world, and when he goes world, he closes the eyes. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, I it, and so I that can was the, only hope that that's how I'll die. Mm-hmm. I'll be standing over you. Mm-hmm. holding the knife and i'll Wait, be like you're gonna the murder best me? girlfriend in the world and then i close your eyes with my two fingers. what no i'm holding the knife that because that's how i found you and i picked up the knife i did the thing you know i do i did that classic dumb thing that the guy who didn't do the murder mm-hmm. does where he's like oh my god and he picks up the knife and Don't he's like, why? Touch. And he looks at it and he's like horrified. And then he's, and then right then, after, right after he goes in the world, he, he turns around and the cops are right behind him. And Don't it touch looks the crime like scene. he did it. And you definitely did it. The boyfriend always did it. What? Don't touch a crime scene. You definitely murdered. But on the way in the dark says that sometimes it's the uh, Golden State Killer that did it. On the way in the dark. Yeah, on the way in the dark. <laughs> Yes, sometimes on the way in the Starring dark. Starring Patton Oswalt about Michelle McNamara, who who po- posthumously solved the Gold State Killer mm-hmm. diller. Yep. Did you pass me the beard that I had over there? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Um, all right, so I'd say that's a good wrap-up of um, chap, chap number 28. Mm-hmm. Shall we move on to chap number 29? Yeah. All right, tell me about what well, happened. Well, it opens with a really fascinating Princess Ireland quote. Oh, yeah. Let's talk more about that because I Kathy didn't... The Ireland quote. I didn't really... Here, I have it right here, and I didn't really get it. So I would love to hear your well, take I'm on it. Well, I'm not sure that I really get it either, but here's... There's a bunch of gobbledygook about, like betraying your family and spying on your family when you're a royal family and shit yeah and how this is, is that, a really long one this and is how like, is that deadly though i i don't know well you want you want to read it into the record real quick so that we can no it's way too long okay um it's like this for the listener do a recap of it this is almost an entire page of princess ireland quote mm-hmm. but any anyway the main thing that i got from this quote is that the Princess Ireland's father, which is the emperor, right? Mm-hmm. He... I just talked to him on Twitter. Yeah, it's a, sure. It's, a, it's not really him. Oh, okay. Um, it's a joke account. Oh, thanks for explaining that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he gifted the Lady Jessica uh-huh. to the Duke. Because here, oh. I'll tell you why I think that. Oh, yeah, go, go, go. Okay. That's interesting. 
So basically, she's saying that they used to, like, send concubines to the father because of this some Bene Gesserit guild agreement. Mm -hmm. And then they would spy on him. I don't know. Whatever. I don't really understand all that. But the red hair. Yeah. So she says, um, it may seem a dreadful thing to say. Uh, Hold on. Okay. So she says... Here was a new slave concubine, then, red-haired like my father, willowy and graceful. She had a dancer's muscles, and her training obviously had included neuro-enticement. Mm-hmm. My father looked at her for a long time as she postured unclothed before him. Mm-hmm. Finally, he said, she is too beautiful. We, were sa- we will save her as a gift. You have no idea how much consternation this restraint created in the royal crush. Subtlety and self-control were, after all, the most deadly threats to us all. Okay. I think there's a lot in there. Yeah, yeah. I I think so, too. I mean, it's why so long, mm-hmm. and if not for there to be a well, thing, but it went over my head. I felt like I that was definitely describing Jessica. because she's the only red-haired woman in the galaxy. And she was a concubine, and, like, and, the way they described her figure was... And neuro-enticement. Yeah, totally. I, so I'm... I'm on board with this theory. I mm-hmm. think it's a cool theory. I like it. Um, and I, I, I don't know if like it could if it's like for real, real canon. But I like it because, and I only say that because, you know, uh, Jessica talks about like when the the Duke's like buyers came to her like school and like bought her as a concubine. But that could been that could have been like you know more subtle manipulations on the on the duke's i don't i don't see why it couldn't be both totally yeah i don't know i mean i just feel like this is totally pointing to the lady jessica but also um so you don't understand why subtlety and self-control are the most deadly threats to us all i feel like that's also sort of pointing to those like bene gesserit um qualities Mm -hmm. yeah totally that are really lethal well yeah because the people that don't have self-control are easier to manipulate Manipulate, yeah that's a huge theme of this book Mm -hmm. stone cold bummer by manipulate yeah so the whole as long as you have like self-control subtlety and self-control you can manipulate other people right Mm -hmm. so that puts you on top that makes you the deadliest yeah cool I'm into it. Mm-hmm. So then what happens? So they're looping around the desert again. And mm. Paul and Jessica. Yep. And they're like, we gotta get on to move from this crevasse. And uh, Paul's like, okay, we gotta, we're gonna put a thump thump thingy. A thumper, yes. Yeah. And that's gonna attract a worm. To this area, which will allow us to escape. Mm-hmm. It'll distract a worm, right? Yeah. That's how I understood it. I like the part where he said, <laughs> okay, he said, we must walk without rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes, watch how I do it. This is how Fremen walk the sand. <laughs> and then Jessica, Jessica studied his progress for 10 steps, followed imitating him, which just reminds me of that classic joke of like, Walk, Walk this, this way. way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <that's cool. laughs> Ooh, 
And the other day, like, we finally got to a chapter where we heard about the walking without rhythm. And mm-hmm. so, like, when we were in the car the other day, I played Weapon of Choice by Fat Boy Slim for Caitlin. And we were listening to it, listening to it. And, like, he kept saying, like, ten times he repeated, if you walk without rhythm, you won't attract the worm. Yeah. And, Caitlin, and I was looking at Caitlin, and she was kind of, like, absorbing it. And then she just goes, oh, is it the walk without rhythm part that you want me to hear mm-hmm. or eat or i think all you i think the only word you actually understood was worm no i got it i understood what he was saying and then you were like have you ever heard that before and i was like honestly i barely realized there were words in this song <laughs> yeah. so yeah of course um, well us dune heads when we heard that song the first time watching the video mm-hmm. um for weapon of choice Maybe not even on YouTube because it was pre-YouTube, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly even on what the television. YouTube. Yeah, that's what they used to call Comcast, like television and watching MTV. Yeah. Um, we all, you know, our eyes, our little, our little eyes lit up, and we said, oh, "A Dune reference." Oh my god, a Dune! Oh my god, a Dune reference! Yeah. I have to tell you that. I was, t- I was talking to my boss on the Zoom today, mm-hmm. and she uh, and her spouse got to spend some time together over the weekend because her kids were with her mom, whatever. Uh-huh. Anyway, they got to spend some time together. They haven't gotten to spend in a long time, and I guess the, at, during this time, he said to her, oh, he like used Dune as an example of a really well-told story, mm. and she was like... What? I've heard, like, nothing but terrible things about you. <laughs> and I was like, I think I have to tell you I'm in the minority. <laughs> My friend tells me it sucks. She's reading it right now. She hates it. Oh, dear. Anyway, so they walk without rhythm so as not to attract the worm. Yeah. And um, they're going. They're go- having to go from one rock formation yeah oh my god across the the open desert to another rock formation at night all the description of the landscape i can't my brain just so paul lays a thump thump deep into a crevasse and it's got a candle on it which i guess you light and that's Uh the timer and when the timer goes down it starts it starts a thumping and Uh as soon as it starts a thumping they hear a hissing if this crevasse is a thumping don't come a lumping yeah because there's gonna be a worm a upon point. them yeah. and i think this is where you really finally get to see a worm for real right you see a worm and it's like a big mouth mm-hmm. a big dark mouth with lots of teeth in it and it's like it's like rearing mm-hmm. and it's all going up it's and waving the... back and forth <laughs> and it's mouth it's a mouth it's just a big dark hole ringed yeah. with crystalline teeth yeah. And that's 80 meters wide, like a big old circle. And it's just going. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jessica's oh, like, run, get out of here. Save yourself. Oh. Yeah. You do the worm. I'll do Jessica. Okay. Let me get on the ground. Okay. All right. Here I go. I do a really good worm. Watch. All right. Wow. Oh, my God. Paul, run. Look, a worm. A worm. Save yourself. Ah. Okay. Good. Um, and the worm goes back into the sand. Because, you know what happens? Somebody else does a thump thump. Yes. Somebody right. goes and does another thump thump. Which calls the worm away. Yep. Yeah. And Paul's like, oh, the Fremen or something. Uh, 
Yeah, he's like, the Fremen said another thump thump for us. Mm-hmm. And Jessica's like, why would they do that? Why do they give a shit about us? Right. And she's like, why do they, and also, why do they want to call a worm? Mm-hmm. And uh, Paul's like, there's something in my brain, like, very deep in my brain that's telling me that the worms have something to do with harvesting the spice. Well, remember when this when the worm is waving his big open mouth around them, mm. what does he smell? Oh, cinnamon like and it's like stinging their nostrils. Yeah, it's so cinnamony yeah. that they can smell it through their filters. And cinnamon, of course, is the smell of the spice melange. Right, right. So he's like worms, spice. Ooh, what's going on here? And then he also remembers um, those barbed sticks in their packs, the telescoping barbed sticks they call the maker hooks. Yeah. And he's like, there's something with these hooks and the worms, and boy, that smells like spice. Yeah. That's like, worms have spice. I just feel like, what is spice? Like, worm castings? I don't know. I Mm. feel like this is another thing where there's like a big mystery being set up that's not actually that interesting. Mm. But I won't prejudge it. And like, I'm feeling really bummed because I thought something interesting was going to happen where we found out that the emperor gifted Jessica to the duke, and then you basically just squashed that fun lead. There's no I didn't fun squash leads. it. I didn't squash it. I said that's a too cool lead. I'm not. I'm not like 100 convinced. But let's com- let's continue. You know. There's no fun leads in this. Book. Thinking this way, everything just becomes immediately obvious right away. <laughs> um. All right, and then so basically they come upon a place. Maybe you should maybe. Do you only like books where you, where it's, there's a big twist and you don't know what's going to happen? I just feel like, to me, it's like, I just hate fake coyness. It's mm, just like, mm, mm. if the thing is like obvious enough that I can like glean it fairly easily from like what you're hinting at then let's not then just to say the thing like okay. you don't need to I don't know yeah, yeah. alright anyway um I like the Jessica thing maybe she was maybe she they went to the emperor first. but I feel like you're already saying to me oh like nope. that's not something that actually comes up in the book I don't know that's not true I think that could be like a a, a deeper theme that you've discovered maybe yeah whatever well, that's what they say red hair give her green hair or something I mean it's the future <sighs> no whatever they find a place, and they're like, let's hang out here for a sec. Mm-hmm. And Paul's like, this is probably a Fremen place. Mm-hmm. And then... And he finds, like, a secret staircase. Yeah. Or it's in the dark, and he's like, she's like, he's like, I can't see anything. And she's like, you have senses other than your eyes, Paul. And so he's like, yeah, I have, I have toe feelings. So he starts feeling around with his toe. And he finds steps, and they go up the steps, mm-hmm. and they look out onto this basin, and oh my gosh, what's in the basin? A wide basin surrounded by rocks. And what's in it? Mice? Yeah, but before the mice, they notice... Plants. Plants! So yeah. many plants. Oh my god, there's plants here. Living things in the desert. That means yeah. there's got to be people here, right? Right. Right. So... And mice. There's mice, too. Yeah. And then an owl then or something some comes and goes... some kind of yeah, bird yeah. that eats mice. And they're mm-hmm. like, wow, so peaceful. Let's pitch a tent here. Mm-hmm. 
And so. yeah, right. Hmm. Um, and then Incest he's like, one. "Tomorrow we can try to find the Fremen." And then this scary voice goes, "Most intruders here regret finding the Fremen." Mm. And basically, these Fremen show up, and they're like, "We're gonna wring you out like sponges." <laughs> and that's the end of that chapter. What a twist! They got caught by Fremen. They're gonna get wrung out like sponges. It's like also fairly obvious development. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> let's talk. You know, let's have. You're clearly feeling some feelings right now. What are you? What's your main emotion about this chapter? My main emotion at this point is disappointed that like the thing that actually th- seemed like it might be a cool, interesting subplot is like not noteworthy enough for you to be like oh yeah it's you're like oh that's like an interesting interpretation what's I, okay it's not going to be a big <laughs> twist where they go you know and the emperor is your dad this book has so much potential for awesome <laughs> twists at every turn there's potential for an awesome twist and he just like throws them all away like no actually you know what you were right whatever you thought i was hinting at like 20 pages later yeah that was it (laughs) well maybe this isn't this just isn't an awesome twist type of book well then what's awesome about it (laughs) i don't understand how things can be awesome without interesting twists I don't uh, know. That's not interesting storytelling to me. I what? Tell me how this is good storytelling. <laughs> Tell me. I it's I like the the themes, you know, the world that's created, and like exploring the world, and and you know, the questions about you know who is. What's what's Paul going to become? You know, what kind of leader is he turning into? Is he a sinner, a saint? Uh, will not be ashamed. Here's what I know: is that any question you have about that is going to be answered twenty pages later. So who the fuck cares? And then, like, also the world—it's like not even. I don't know, like not even that futuristic it's only futuristic because there's a bunch of silly words it's not supposed to be like specifically futuristic it's supposed to be extremely alien to us because it's so far in the future you know yeah i guess so but like it doesn't feel that alien to me nothing that nothing has like come up that i like that seems like a really cool future idea like the the idea that the whole you know the whole process of quote-unquote western civilization is supposed to be you know in a lot of ways like this trend towards like freedom and egalitarianism and and you know individual liberties and that all is going to be that's just a fad that's going to go away and what's really going to matter is naked power and uh and feudalism Oh, you know what's bullshit. really awesome about this book? It's, this futuristic book is that it imagines a world we've already had repeating itself. <laughs> Isn't that fun? No, that's not freaking well, fun. It's not fun. It's an allegory. <laughs> you know, it's a freaking metaphor. What's it a metaphor for? Lots of things. Everything. What? That's not an answer. <laughs> give you ask. Give me. Throw us something out. It's a me- Dune's a metaphor for it. What? No, that is such a bullshit <laughs> answer. 
Come on, give me give me something. I'll tell you how Dune's a metaphor for it. No. Come on. I'd rather do this. What are the worms a metaphor for? So many things. The you know, um, like just uh, nature. You know. What um, the fuck? That is not an answer. <laughs> You're telling me the fauna in this book are a metaphor for nature. They're not a metaphor. They are nature. They are nature. What what better metaphor than the actual what? thing? What? That's not a metaphor. Did you even learn the definition of metaphor? <laughs> oh my Jesus. So you don't like the book? <laughs> Let's just say I'm reading it a little begrudgingly. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, cool. <laughs> well, we got through that chapter, those two chapters. I mean, the interesting thing, or is that, like, I actually thought that second chapter kind of piqued my interest, and then everything I thought was interesting, you were just like, yeah, that's just, like, nothing. I didn't say it's nothing. That's a that's a theory you get to carry forward in your head, and it can be right or wrong, and it doesn't necessarily have to be explicit in the book. I just want there to be some real mystery. See what you really uncover. what you really want. You really want. You say you don't want everything laid out in front of you, but that's exactly what you're asking for. You're asking for it to explicitly tell you whether your theory is right or wrong. No, and it's not going to happen. I wanted to do that, but I wanted to build some intrigue over, like, several chapters. You want some artificial intrigue yeah. built up over chapters to so that you can, that, you know, at some point, the detective, you know, Poirot re- sits everybody down in the spice chamber yep. and tells you who did it and why. And yeah. that's what you want. Because why would I be reading a book? <laughs> If it weren't for somebody creating some intrigue, like that's what you have the power to do with the book. Not all books have to have intrigue in the way that you're. Not have intrigue. (laughs) Intrigue is the best thing about books. A million books have been written that don't have the kind. I don't like any of of those books. (laughs) Okay. What's the moviegoer? Yeah. Did it have intrigue? Oh, definitely. Uh. Okay. Let's. But it wasn't like. The kind of intrigue that's like mystery intrigue. It was just like, huh, like, where's this story going? I don't, I can't exactly describe why it feels like nothing is like a fun surprise in this book, but it feels like nothing is a fun surprise. Where is the story going in this one? I don't know. So you don't know. It's not that you don't, it's not that there's you, it's not that you have it all figured out. You just don't care. It's that, And like, that's fine. I don't care because, like, Frank Herbert is not, like, building anything over time here. Anything he builds, he just resolves, like, almost immediately. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Twitter's blowing up. They already know what that controversial <laughs> episode this is. I understand, sure. There's the intrigue of what kind of leader is Paul going to be. But I feel like he's all he's been revealing that consistently. Oh, like, yeah. What's he going to be? He's going to be like a strong, you know, Benny Gesserit type of like mental yoga, like you say, kind of leader. Mm. Like He's obviously going to be like. A fucking prophet because he's been prophesied to exist and 
I just have no reason to think that it's going to be otherwise because that's how this book fucking goes. Everything that you think is going to be away turns out to be the way you think it's going to be. All right. All right. Okay. (laughs) We to be continued. We shall see if that's, you know, it's this book. I'll say one thing. It's made you angry. (laughs) (laughs) It has had an emotional effect on you. It's pissed you off. Yeah. You're not, you don't nothing this book. I guess. I mean, I think I might be angry about the fact that I nothing this book. Mm. That's fair enough. But I don't know. You know, it's really hard. I'm not sure that I'll have fully processed my emotional response to this (laughs) book until I get to the end and confirm that nothing fucking interesting happens. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. I think we can be a short episode this week. <laughs> I have alienated all of our Twitter followers tonight. We don't have any Twitter followers. Don't oh, worry really? About that, okay, yeah. good. Don't worry, no, about I won't it. worry about that. I told you, I'd, like, I, I had, I had some momentum on Twitter, and then I lost everybody off. <laughs> Apparently, everybody that I was following me half of more white supremacist or something. Well, I think that tells you something about Dune, and maybe it shouldn't Whoa. be so shocking that I like this book. Shots fired. <laughs> You're that Dunesters. She thinks you're a white supremacist, whoever you are, even well, though even if you're you not white. You just told me. You just told me all that all, a huge chunk of Dune Twitter is white supremacist. No, only the ones that don't follow me. Okay, fine. Yeah. How many is that? Not everybody's seen my stuff. <laughs> Dune Twitter, on Dune Twitter, I mean. I'm not that well known, or we're not that well known or aware of. That. How many fans do we have? I'm not telling. That's no, 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 shush, shush, shush. We're not talking about that. Oh, okay. Yeah, lots. We have a lot. We do. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. I'll tell you about it off air. It's not to be talked about on the pod. I don't know how to do this. Yeah, clearly. Oh, <laughs> well, neither do I. Yeah, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. We don't know what this the fuck we're doing. This is an emergent strategy, which is going to be the next. Yeah, book which we is read. code for we don't know what the fuck we're doing. I do appreciate the way you've started to invoke emergent strategy and just to like justify all kinds of things. Yeah, justify doing something despite not knowing how to or why or when. Or yeah, just fucking making it up as you go along. Yeah. Yeah. That's emergent strategy. Yeah, it's great. There's a whole book about it. Which is enough for me is the knowledge that there's a book about it. So that's our emergent strategy. Guys, I know this was an angry up. Um and I apologize on behalf of Caitlin for her rudeness tonight. Oh my god. But, uh, that is rude of you to do. <laughs> I apologize on behalf of Sean. Well, I apologize on behalf of both of us. Um, but if... We don't have to apologize. This is our podcast. This is the emotional game we're bringing to it tonight. Yeah. You come here for the authenticity. And if you don't come here for the authenticity, you can find a different podcast to listen to. It's true. There are plenty of others out there. Yeah, and you know what? You saw the title of this podcast, listener. Mm-hmm. And if you expected me to be gleefully reading Dune, I don't think you know how to read. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, I know, right? Twist. <laughs> oh. That would be an interesting twist. <laughs> None of us can read. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, please. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm still... Um, we are, but really just me, um, at my underscore Dune on Twitter. Uh, you can email us at Dune Girlfriend, Dune Girlfriend at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. 
of course you can check out all our episodes and find links and stuff on um anchor.fm slash dune girlfriend sure and you can uh find us our facebook group uh just search on facebook my girlfriend begrudgingly reads dune Mm -hmm. you will find us where the we are luckily that name is unique enough that no one else has taken it yet. Great. And so we took it. It's ours now. Nice. And I still haven't made a Facebook group, but that's coming. Uh, I thought you said that was a Facebook group. No, no, that's no, the Facebook the page. page. Yeah. Oh, Facebook's I did. so complicated. Right? Ugh. Uh, and thanks. thanks. Bye. No, I love you. I do love you. Yeah, she still loves you. And I love, I love everybody and everything. I just get a little angry sometimes mm-hmm. she's not mad she's just disappointed <laughs> yeah all right everybody bye okay, love you bye <laughs>